0: Cleaners usually make lousy disinfectants and disinfectants make lousy cleaners and a disinfectant cleaner does the worst job of both. What does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive and proactive information, share their experiences, Passions and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer
1: from our industry. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am the host of your podcast this afternoon, and yes, it is March. It is hard to believe that 2022 has went by this quickly, so fast. But then again, the last two years went by slow for some and fast for others. So. Here we are on another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace or whatever podcast you're listening to this from. We are broadcasting live on Podbean Live. So if you come on and want to talk with us, uh, type in some message and who knows, we might have you on there with Graham Marsh. I say Graham Marsh. Let's check and see if Graham is with me. He's from California on the other side of the U.S. from me today.
0: I'm here, Dave. I'm hearing you loud and clear. It's like we're sitting next to each other.
1: I'm hearing (laughs) you, too. So that's good. So um, why are we talking to Graham Marsh? And who is Graham Marsh, by the way?
0: Well, um, first of all, uh, as you can tell from the accent, I'm from the other side of the equator down in Australia. Um, I've been living here in the States for about 25 years. Um, And I'm currently engaged in the... uh, cleaning industry through uh, a company called Z Bioscience, um, which manufactures probiotic cleaners, which is a very different type of approach to surface cleaning than the conventional straight chemistry-only products. We've been around for 12 years, and uh, our products are used in uh, facilities of... A whole range of facilities, everything from schools, um, office buildings, uh, veterinary clinics, assisted living, um, all the way through to food processing and agricultural livestock facilities. We also have products that are specially designed to deal with uh mold and water damage uh, remediation um, and also uh, to improve the efficiency and the IAQ issues of uh, uh, HVAC uh, operations or equipment.
1: Now, listeners, if you haven't figured this out already, if you've ever heard Graham Marsh talk, it will get technical quick. But we're going to try to keep Graham today out of the you know, the uh, real technical stuff here. So, Graham, let's start with some basics. Cleaning is cleaning, and I have to use a chemical.
0: Yes. So um, the thing about it is when you use any of your standard cleaners or, God forbid, the uh, disinfectant cleaners or sanitizers, um, which, uh, you know, Dave, I think you and I have joked in the past, you know, the old mantra of the cleaning industry, Cleaners usually make lousy disinfectants and disinfectants make lousy cleaners and a disinfectant cleaner does the worst job of both. But in terms of cleaning, which is where the CDC has really finally got us back to you know, focusing on, um, when you use a chemistry, once it's dried out, it stops working. It doesn't have any ongoing residual uh, surface action, Um And it doesn't provide any uh, residual or ongoing surface protection. So once it's dried out, you're really back to game zero. Everything is as it was before you cleaned. The surfaces can be easily repopulated and recolonized by the very bugs and germs that you've been trying to get rid of. And, um, you know, they just continue to, to grow and grow until you clean it again. Now,
1: as you say that, as a cleaner from old days, and somebody has been in this industry for the five decades I have, you know, I always think about this. You know, the person actually doing the cleaning has just cleaned, as you just explained, and then breathes all over the surface their viruses and whatever might be going on in their body right back on the surface. So uh, what you're saying here is, they just repopulated it with more bad bacteria, so that the person could come and use a now, well, their personal germs.
0: Exactly, and let's not forget the germs that are going on in the recirculated air from the HVAC system, right? That are constantly okay, but, being but ventilated. You're- but you're exactly right, Dave. It's 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 a it's a constant barrage, the biological attacks or the uh, the biological activity on state any surface, is continuous. The question is, are those surfaces cleaned in a way that's going to actually allow the beneficial bugs that we like, that we know are healthy for us, to dominate versus the ones that we know can be potentially harmful and create uh, illness. Uh, okay, so, now wait a
1: minute. You said the bugs we like?
0: yes. So I don't know about you, Dave, but, um, you know, my wife has been over me for the last two and a half decades of, of, look, you know, you've got to eat better. You've got to have the right foods. And one of the things that's been part of her way of keeping me healthy has been taking probiotic supplements. And we take probiotic supplements to basically make sure that our stomachs, our guts are basically dominated as much as possible by really healthy, beneficial bacteria that must be happier and healthier and that they basically displace and replace as many of the unwanted bugs that could actually cause us harm. So probiotics, be it eating yogurt or taking a probiotic supplement or even the prebiotics of sort of using sauerkraut and having that with your meal, all of those things are designed to consciously mindfully bioengineer our intestinal system so that we can be as healthy as we possibly can. Now
1: well, you know when we when we got on the on the call this afternoon you asked how I was feeling these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know what you're now saying is so that nightly yogurt that I have is beneficial and helping even though it's not just because I like it.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, this was really highlighted around about 11 years ago in a TED Talk by a lady called Dr. Jessica Green from the University of Oregon. And she was basically doing this, uh, and it was only a short TED Talk. It's about an eight-minute one. And she was turning around and saying, are we filtering the right microbes? And she was talking about the indoor environment of buildings. And as she started to conclude her conversation... She turned around and she said, we all take yogurt to make sure that we've got the most healthy biological uh, microbes in our, in our guts. And she said, what I really want us to do is to embrace this concept and do the same thing with the interior of our buildings. And that's the reason why sort of you know, the probiotics cleaners really resonated me when I first came across them about 11 years ago. I I'd seen this TED Talk and I understood that what we do with our indoor environments, we need to make them as supportive of occupant well-being as possible, just the same way we basically try to make our gut as beneficial as possible. And the thing about it is every indoor environment is a living active microbial ecosystem. I mean, you and I, both where we are independently right now, we're surrounded by a trillion friends that we can't even see and imagine. They're floating all around us. They're microscopic. We don't see them. But they're there and they're landing on surfaces and we're breathing them in and they're on our skin and on our clothes. The question is, can we actually consciously engineer an indoor biological ecosystem through cleaning that is the most supportive of all of our uh, well-being and therefore help us to be more productive as well.
1: So what we're kind of talking about here, folks, to start this podcast this afternoon is cleaning is the first step, but you're going a bit further, not talking about disinfection and all that right now we're just talking about the process of cleaning there might be something better than just cleaning it and leaving it blank if you will the wild wild west for more bad stuff
0: that is correct i mean and
1: probiotics might be the answer by what you've come to learn over the last couple decades
0: yes and i here's what it is david this is a great analogy for anybody listening to this is that The probiotics are live, active bacteria. And what they like to do is they like to eat. And they eat the microscopic contaminants that we can't see that are left on a a surface. And as they eat, they simultaneously produce and excrete a form of a soap. They call it a biosurfactant. Really fancy word for just a natural soap. And that immediately starts to break down more microscopic contaminant on the surface. And that releases more food for the probiotic to eat. So for all of us who've basically played Pac-Man in our time and spent more of our money on those machines in our youth than our parents would have ever liked us to have done, it's the probiotics are like Pac-Man. They're chasing the microscopic contaminants all across the surface, and they'll move across the surface in search of that food. And as they eat, they break down more contaminants and they... So they are an ongoing cleaning cycle at the microscopic level. When you clean with a probiotic cleaner, right, particularly ours, what you're doing is you're taking off a whole bunch of, of, of the surface soils, right? We apparently remove 95% plus of the surface soil. But what's interesting is that in addition to that, we leave behind all these beneficial probiotic bacteria that keep on cleaning. So once the custodian or the janitor, the building services person has finished spraying and wiping a surface and they've gone out, the probiotics are left there and they'll keep on working and working and working all through the next day. And it's sort of like you're leaving behind an army of microscopic cleaners on the surface that will continue to clean. Now, as long as those probiotics are there, It's a bit like sort of occupying, you know, an, an occupying army. They basically make that, they form a form of protection. They're making that surface hostile and inhospitable to any of the other pathogens that are floating around from ever establishing themselves on that surface. So they're providing a level of protection. So the probiotic cleaner does the very basic function of any cleaner, removing the surface soils, and then it leaves behind an army of probiotics that keep on cleaning and moving across the surface uh, and doing that in that process. And while they're on that surface, they're also protecting it from the unwanted pathogens, basically repopulating or recolonizing.
1: And So a, a surface always is going to have some kind of microbes left on the surface. So you're just saying, let's leave some ones that actually do something uh, yeah. for the good instead of putting another form of chemistry on there, which may or may not, and all of the other stuff that goes with that.
0: Exactly. And, Dave, that's exactly it. It's, we're choosing. We're choosing the microbes that are, we want that are going to be the most healthy for us to be on the surfaces as opposed to leaving it to a game of chance uh, that it could be the bad guys.
1: So, in and and so for our audience this afternoon, I just kind of want to kind of you know clarify some things. If we're talking just general cleaning and general facilities, we're not talking about critical care areas. So, folks, you know, you got to understand when we're in the cleaning industry, we kind of got to segment, segment where we're actually doing this process at. Um, if a high level of hospital grade disinfection isn't achievable isn't relative, isn't needed in that area, then if we can clean and leave this behind, then there's nothing else for us to need to do until we clean again.
0: That's pretty much it, Dave. And here's the interesting thing, Dave, about this. All right. So let's look at one of the most important parts that we focus on when we're cleaning surfaces, right? We target the high-touch surface. Now, why do we target a high-touch surface like a door handle, a, a faucet on a sink, a push plate on a door? The reason is that those surfaces are basically seen to be because we're always touching them. They're seen to be the primary means by which I can pick up unwanted pathogens, right, that are not good for me, and take them to the next surface that I touch. And as a result, right, I'm moving the bad bugs around. But if you're cleaning just all your standard spray and wipe, wet mop uh, and uh, and bucket, you know, auto scrubber, right, putting the probiotic cleaners and using them in just your standard cleaning protocols, what I'm doing is I'm leaving a dominance of safe, beneficial probiotics on every high-touch surface that I clean it with. And then the occupants who come and touch those surfaces they don't get bad bugs, they're now getting the probiotics. And so when they basically go and hit the flush handle on the toilet and the faucet and the sink and the push plate and the bathroom door as they go out, if they've all been cleaned with the probiotic cleaners, that's what I've got on my hands. So when I go and I hit the mouse on my computer or my keyboard or I pick up my cell phone or I touch the coffee pot, wherever I go next, it's the probiotics.
1: Oh, so now you're carrying probiotics around, dispersing all your probiotics around
0: that's right. So, <laughs> so now
1: so now so, we're going to use our hands to transport the good stuff, right?
0: Exactly because Dave, what the probiotic cleaners do is they transform high touch surfaces and the occupant interaction with them from being part of the problem and turn them into being part of the solution.
1: And okay, so we've got we've got one of our listeners on the line. And and uh, I, I wanna I wanna address this before we go any further, Graham, if you don't mind. No, please. The listener says, why don't we just plate everything with copper?
0: Ah. And that well, I, I can give you three reasons for that.
1: All First right, go course. right ahead. I'm sure they're listening.
0: It's very expensive, right? <laughs> Secondly yeah.
1: have you bought copper lately?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's going to get a lot more expensive, thanks very much of what's going on around the world right now. Secondly, is Copper is like any disinfectant, right, and any chemistry. It can't differentiate between the good or the bad, right? It's designed to kill everything. And then so that means that you're left in a sort of a void. And what you've got to understand is we need beneficial microbes in our environment, right? Our nature... Is all for the good bacteria, all right, As I'm well, I'm so as the glad bad. you
1: brought that up because this is this is what I always try to p- tell people. You know, the thing is, is you cannot eradicate all bacteria. You can eradicate all viruses, as we're learning as a society these days. You know, so I think that's the thing is, is it's our job in cleaning is not to eradicate because you can't do it
0: exactly. Now Dave to your, to, the, to the listener who asked the question about copper, the third reason that this is uh, uh, it's not a really good idea is because the moment any surface soil gets on that surface, there's now a physical barrier between the copper and the interaction of an occupant. And so it's the same thing with those horrible cyclots that were oh. around, right? You know the sort of the nano spears. What people didn't realize is the moment just putting my hand on top of a surface covered with one of those, the oil from my hand was sufficient to basically put a physical barrier between those nanospheres and, you know, the bugs, because now there was a physical barrier. They were rendered useless. The same thing happened with okay, so the copper.
1: So 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 my bad stuff that I carry, more whatever contaminants that I've got put onto a copper push plate on a door in a hospital Mm -hmm. if i've done that enough times you know different visitors coming in whoever it might be um then as people are doing this if somebody comes along with mrsa or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. it's not the copper is no longer effective
0: no, there's a barrier. Its, it's effect, efficacy is greatly reduced, if not totally nullified. once there's And a so physical the probiotic, barrier.
1: on the other hand, is, is going to continue to work on that the whole time.
0: That is correct. And, Dave, here's the interesting thing is, if you are cleaning your facilities all right, every day with probiotic cleaners, you're getting a cumulative benefit because you're just constantly reinforcing every day that you are cleaning with the probiotic cleaner that probiotic biological ecosystem on the surfaces. And they build up and they build up over time and it becomes a really solid system. So the thing about it is you're turning your indoor areas into an active, beneficial biological ecosystem that supports you and that's cleaning at the same time.
1: So what this is ultimately doing is it's it's breaking the chain of infection by disrupting the ability for the pathogens to transport from one place to the other.
0: And yes, that's one of the mechanisms. The other mechanism is, right? We've all we've increasingly heard about biofilm, particularly dry surface biofilm on basically every surface that we have in any indoor facilities, right? And, and, and that's basically made, you know, look, you know, all those trillion bugs around us right now, some of them land on a surface, and the one thing they want to do is they want to attach. And the way they attach is they basically produce something a bit like a porous saran wrap, right, that basically anchors them to the surface and protects them. And it's something that, you know, Daryl Hicks has been saying for years is that, you know, disinfectants don't get rid of biofilm, and, and they don't right? What they end up doing is they end up killing a bunch of bugs on the top of the biofilm and those dead bugs then become a form of protein that the unwanted pathogens in the biofilm can feed off and rapidly replicate. And so the thing about it is getting rid of biofilm is actually one of the biggest challenges, particularly in healthcare. So where do the probiotics fit into that? So here's the interesting thing. Biofilm, and and, and maybe I should just give an example of biofilm, so everybody will have a bit of an understanding. So, Dave, you and I are both of the era that we were born before dishwashers. So when we finished the meal (laughs) at our home, thank you,
1: thank you, thank you, Graham. Hey, I got to tell you,
0: we were the dishwashers, right? Um, I still
1: am. What do you mean we're, I still am. I live in a motor coach. We don't have, we don't have a dishwasher here. I'm the dishwasher. I'm the automatic dishwasher. Come on. And I still believe in labor. Cleaning yes. is okay. Cleaning still in my nature, you know, at the very rudimentary level.
0: Exactly. So, What's interesting is when you'd finish a meal, you'd take your plate, you'd put the scraps in the dog's bowl or the garbage can, you'd go to the sink, you rinse off the heavy stuff, you reach for the dawn or the palm olive, whatever's there, and you give a bit of a squirt, you put it on, scrub it off, scrub it all on, then you rinse it off, and now you have a clean, smooth porcelain surface, right?
1: Now, you know what and, I liked about everything that you just said? What? You rinsed.
0: Yes. You know, yeah, it would that. just be
1: wonderful if the cleaning industry could actually grasp the concept of rinsing chemistry off of a surface.
0: Oh, yeah, Dave, exactly.
1: <sighs> I know that's not what you're talking about today, but you, you said I had to go there.
0: No, no, I, and, and I appreciate you did because you're right. So I've now got this clean, smooth porcelain plate that I've cleaned and rinsed. I'm holding it there, and yet there's water. If I'm holding it vertically, right? there's right. still water hanging on the surface. Right. Now, why is the water hanging on the surface? It's the biofilm. It's, it's the biofilm. It's that invisible dry surface biofilm you can't see. And because it's porous, it's holding the water there. Now, a lot of people think that surface tension is the reason water holds on surfaces. What they don't understand is that it's actually more often than not the biofilm rather than the, 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 the nature of the surface itself. And it holds the water. And so you've got to put the dish in a dish rack or you've got to get a dish towel and you've got to wipe it before you put it in there, into the cupboard. That's biofilm. You don't see it, but it's on the plates and the, the bowls that you eat off and you didn't know it. So the point about it is the probiotics. When I clean with a probiotic cleaner and I put those probiotics on the surface... The probiotics love protein. Now, biofilm is made up of little DNA protein junctions that hold little strings of polysaccharide together. And what happens is the probiotics go and eat the protein. And that basically takes away what holds all the polysaccharide structure to the biofilm It basically takes it away. So it's a bit like taking the cement out of a building or using a super magnet to pull all the nails and screws out of a timber building, right? All of a sudden, the structure of the biofilm is no longer viable and it starts to fall apart. And all the bugs in it become exposed and they end up basically being – two things happen – We've put more probiotics and we put pathogens down on the surface with the cleaner and they outconsume consume the, the food source. Now, what does that mean? I had three teenage kids. When they and their friends would turn up and go straight into the house, there was no hi, how are you, Uncle Graham or Mr Marsh. It was straight to the fridge, straight to the pantry, and I knew I was having to go to Costco, right, because they were <laughs> going to eat me out of house and home. That's what the probiotics do. They basically outconsume the food source so the pathogens basically end up being starved to death. Right, And at the same time, because they're dismantling the biofilm, those pathogens that have been protected have actually no remaining um, sort of protection, no natural inherent protection because they've been protected all the time. They basically are suddenly exposed and they suddenly die very quickly. So they're way more vulnerable once they're out of the biofilm. And so the probiotics end up dominating and they basically break down the biofilm, they dominate the surface. The pathogens are starved out. They have no protection and they die. And you are now left with a lasting protective barrier of probiotics that will keep on cleaning and moving across the surface. And for the reasons I explained earlier, they'll help disrupt the, pathogen, the transmission of pathogens from one surface to another if you're cleaning all the surfaces with it.
1: So, everyone, what we've been talking about for the last 20, 25 minutes here is Graham is talking only about cleaning and what happens after cleaning. Now, uh, a couple of listeners here have been on the air and suggested different things and, and I'll get to that. Um, but you know, one of the things that we talk about here at Beyond clean is there is cleaning that has to happen. And then what do we do after the cleaning if the situation arises or the need or the environment? And one of the things, and you mentioned uh, Daryl Hicks, one of the things that he always states is, what is fit for purpose? And, and what he means is, what is the purpose of the environment, uh, of the, the surfaces that you're working on? What is the task and the solution and everything fit for that, that area? You know, you can't use UV lights on everything. You can't use foggers everywhere. We, you know, a lot of times we're under the gun with time constraints. Graham? Yep. Is there something beyond probiotic cleaning that you would like to bring into this picture?
0: Well, you know, you, you, you nailed it when you brought Dar- Darrell's you know, comment or, or, or criteria up. Fit the purpose. All right? So... <laughs> We all agreed. I think you, Daryl, and myself, Ken Horton, and others that you I know are sort of all part of your inner circle. I think we've all sort of agreed that the level of excessive use of disinfection over the last couple of years was sort of almost like a form of kabuki theatre. It was not fit for purpose. Most of the time, all we need to do is clean, right? And it's a really effective thing to do. So... The probiotic cleaners represent just a better form of cleaner for the reasons I've stated. But if there's a bodily spill, blood, urine, feces, vomit, spit, whatever, um, then there's usually protocols that are set by, you know, departments of health at a sort of a, a, a city, a county, a state or a federal level that require the use of a disinfectant. But you've got to clean first. So again, you're doing the best job of cleaning. And then when you use the probiotic cleaners, and then when you put the disinfectants down, they're going to kill the probiotics, but you've got to do that. The question now comes after you've put your disinfectant or sanitizer down, which by the way is one of the things that bugged me the most over the last two years. People were basically calling sanitizers disinfectants, not realizing the difference between them. Um, and Once they've dried out, they're just like any other cleaning chemistry-only cleaner. They stop working. They provide no protection. They provide no ongoing residual surface action. So you are now left with a void on the surface that is open to repopulation of the probiotics. So what we've developed at Z Bioscience is this sort of a clean, disinfect, and then the protect. And the Protect takes the form of two ways. You can either put more cleaner down with the probiotics in it, or you can take a product that we have called EnviroMist, which is nothing but an aqueous concentration of probiotics with virtually no surfactant, and you can just basically spray it on that area and repopulate the area with the probiotics.
1: But it's not not something that you necessarily need to do in every situation is what we're saying, right?
0: Yeah, no, no. However,
1: we just need the, to do a better job of cleaning.
0: Exactly. But now, Dave, one of the things you and I have come across over the last you know, year and a half in particular is that we know that facility services have been enormously resource constrained in terms of personnel. So oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many schools I know, because they can't get the personnel to do the cleaning. They're basically cleaning classrooms on an ABC-type schedule. So every third day, somebody's going in and spraying and wiping the desk down and that. So what do you do on the two days that they're not there? That they don't go in and physically wipe down every desk. They go in and grab the trash can, empty it, and then quickly move to the next room. That's where people have been starting to use our EnviroMist because they'll walk in with the ULV fogger and they'll stand in the middle of the classroom and they'll point the fogger towards where the wall and the ceiling are meet. And they'll do a sort of a seven, eight second, 360 degree turn in the classroom, pointing that fog in that direction, getting the probiotics over areas that are even not ever wet wiped or wet mopped. Then they'll basically put that more around hip level and they'll do another 360 degree turn. This is normally going over the desktops and the chairs and stuff like that. And bingo, they're out. They get that room done in about 30 seconds. And that is repopulating the area with the safe beneficial probiotics. So they're basically not doing cleaning and it's not a substitute for soil removal, but it does help ensure that the biological ecosystem is still dominated by safe beneficial probiotics.
1: So what we're saying is, is in the uh, you know on the days where you don't go in and do the physical removal routine due to time constraints and, and labor issues, you can come in and in a couple of minutes do a a probiotic fog, mm-hmm. and that will help to minimize. So what do you say to the people that are? Well, let's just say they're, they're they're believing that the only way that this can be done is by a chemical that has to be applied and cannot be removed and is going to stay on there for 60, 90, 120 days. Well, the... Okay, I know you've got a lot to say about that, Graham. So I, I'm sorry if well, I caught you I off guard need... No,
0: there. no, 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 you haven't. And, 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 and Dave, I want to actually put... Everybody in perspective here. I've got a unique perspective on this because I used to make those products for a company out of New Mexico. And we spent two years working with a leading pharmaceutical company to the health uh, with exposure in the healthcare space to basically turn around and we proved that the effectiveness of those uh, silane-based quaternary ammonium treatments really didn't work for exactly the reason I said earlier. Um Well, actually, for a bunch of reasons, so I'll quickly go through them. The first is any surface treatment like those is only as good as the surface preparation. And the problem is that most people aren't properly preparing the surface because they're effectively applying it to a surface that still has dry surface biofilm. And what happens is the bonding mechanism that's meant to help them stay there for all those number of days ends up bonding to the biofilm and not to the surface. And when they bond to the biofilm, they actually end up making the biofilm brittle. And so it breaks away, so you end up with these patches where because of contact, constant contact, the biofilm that's become brittle with the sci-quad on it has basically been broken and it's 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 it's, it's basically disappeared. It's been basically wiped away in just cleaning processes. And so what happens is that you end up with enormous inconsistencies. The second thing is those nanospheres that are on it are incredibly fragile, right? They're so small. They don't have a lot of residual strength. So on a high-touch surface where they're constantly being touched all the time, it ends up basically wearing down. And again, you get further inconsistencies. And here's the real problem with those if you have prepared the surface properly and it is bonding into the molecular structure of the substrate, right, that it's applied to, there's only so much room in that substrate. And after two or three applications, there's no more room between the molecules in the surface substrate. And as a result those things bend up basically, they, they can't penetrate anymore. They, they, they can't stay on the surface. The bonding mechanism itself becomes invalid. And so I could go through all of these things, but that's, that's over and above the idea that the moment there's any physical soiling, like the oil from my hand running across the surface, forming a physical barrier that renders them ineffective. So that's why the EPA effectively turned around and said, no, these things don't work. <laughs>
1: Well, and I, and I think the the conversation here this afternoon um, bears a lot of validity, folks, because you know over the last couple of years, there's been all kinds of proper information, misinformation, from in you know from people trying to do the right thing, but usually jumping the gun before they learned all of the facts. And this is why we have this podcast is so that you can learn these things, folks. Um, you know, if if what Graham is saying to you this afternoon makes sense, then great. If it doesn't, then maybe you should think about it and maybe look into it more. You know, we're not here trying to convince you of anything. We're just trying to say, you know what, maybe there's a better way than some of the chemistry that we've all been used to. And I think this is what the pandemic has done for us, Graham, is it's made people open up their mind to maybe there's different ways of doing things. Um, this is what I've found. Do you concur?
0: Yes, absolutely, Dave. And I'm going to give you a very clear example of this. Um, schools, all right? And, and the reason I mention schools is because I would say over the last nine to 12 months, we've had more interactions with ptas parents teachers associations where they've actually been looking for something that they felt was better and safer and more effective for their kids right or and 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 when i say their kids i'm talking both the parents and also the teachers looking at it from the student's perspective Um, because the healthier the students are the healthier the teacher is right and They've been looking around and they've just been worried about this ridiculous, excessive use of disinfectants. I mean, Dave, let's be honest, disinfectants weren't designed to be used every day. They were designed for occasional use to address a specific situation, and and, and particularly over the last couple of years with the pandemic, that's gone out of control. So, well, and
1: I think that's what happens in society, though, isn't it, Graham? This is where we go. We go from one side of the pendulum clear to the other side. And So what you're now saying is... All of the concern and issue is because we went so far the other way. Now people are saying, okay, wait a minute. Where's the middle ground and what should I really be doing?
0: Exactly. And, and, and also, is there a better mousetrap? I mean, look, if I have to make a, a, an analogy, conventional chemical cleaners are a bit like sort of the old horse and buggy right? They've been around for ages. Let's be honest. Yeah. We've been cleaning since before Babylon days and the actual cleaners back in the Babylonian days were sort of vegetable oils and, 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 and ash, right? And really, to some extent, a lot of things haven't changed. But by adding a microbial component in the form of probiotics to our standard cleaners, we've gone from the horse and buggy to the internal combustion engine. And the reason I say that is because we're now bringing in a biological solution to what's a biological problem. Previously, we've well, just I been using chemistry it, and physics.
1: I think your point is well taken here, Graham. Because if you think about this, if we still did medicine, you know, whether it be surgeries, whether it be whatever it is, we wouldn't have the longevity of life no. that we do today. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a perfect example sitting right here talking with you folks this afternoon. Uh, you now, just less than two years ago, if it wouldn't been for modern medicine, I would not be here.
0: Exactly. I mean, when you brought that up, I was thinking, I'm talking to a member of the Zipper Club.
1: I am. And, 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 exactly. and, 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 and one of the things that was so ironic about this is that whenever I talked to my younger brother, uh, God rest his soul, is passed away now, um, he he said, well, you know, they, they, you, you technically died and they worked on you and they they brought you back. And I said, no, modern medicine and the way they did it, they never stopped my heart. And he said, well, they did on mine and I, they had to put me on a machine. So it kept me going. And I said, but see, I didn't, and this is the difference what you're talking about. Some people still use the old technique that he went through, but the new technique that I went through didn't it's not to say that both don't work. So chemistry of all works, probiotics might work better, might be a different solution. It doesn't mean that either one is right or wrong.
0: Right. And Dave, I think the, the way I look at it is this, right? Um, adding in our, in our vernacular, in our language, we often use the phrase fighting fire with fire. Right. So by introducing the probiotic bacteria to fight the unwanted pathogen bacteria, it's really that phrase that we use every day being implemented practically in our cleaning. And the thing is, too, that previously we've been really talking about using chemistry and some form of mechanics or physics, you know, the wiping, the vacuuming, the sweeping, right, to go in conjunction with the chemistry. But once you add the microbiology to it in the form of the probiotics, you suddenly have what we often refer to again in our language as a three-legged stool. And we know a three-legged stool is a hell of a lot more stable than a two-legged one.
1: (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. A lot easier for me to sit on. (laughs) So uh, thank so- you very much. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose one with three legs every time. <laughs> uh, you can try your two legs if you'd like, but I, I I work better with sitting on three at least. Exactly. Um, I think this you know that this conversation, as many do, when you start getting into the weeds, which is what we've done this afternoon, folks. So, uh, and I knew that whenever Graham came on, we were definitely going to get into weeds. You know, and you know what's interesting, we've got another speaker that we talk with all the time, and you know, what is it about the Aussies? They love to talk about biofilm.
0: Oh, you have to be talking about my mate Greg, Whiteley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you know, it's like I get either one of them on the line here talking with you guys, and and we're always talking about biofilm, but it, it is an important subject that most people don't talk about because you know what? We're in a society that doesn't have time to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now And and look, that's what I like about the probiotic cleaners because they're going to keep on working and they're going to, uh, after the custodial or the janitor has basically left, right, they'll keep going. And if they're resource constrained and their time is at an increasing premium because they've got less time to do more things that they have to do, the probiotic cleaners are like the best assistant that they can have because it's going to help them right? It's going to help them be better at what they do. They're brilliant. Most janitors and custodians and EVS personnel love what they do. They're dedicated to what they do. This is a better tool because it's going to keep doing what they were doing after they've left the room.
1: You know what, Graham? I like what you just said. And I think what we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to kind of end on that note because, I think I want to have Greg, or uh, um, you said Greg earlier, so <laughs> we're going to have Graham back on the air. And we're going to talk more about what we do after the cleaning, long chat item that you kind of briefly went over. Let's get you back on We'll talk more about that. You know what would be an interesting thing sometime, though, Graham? is get the two you Aussies on there at the same time, and I can just shut up.
0: Oh. Greg and I have a great time together. We were at the Gordon Research Conference together around about three and a half years ago, and it was just terrific. And and during the pandemic, I, I would ring Greg, you know, and, and just get his latest take on what he was seeing. I mean, I've got a lot of time for him. He's a great bloke. So, yeah, no. And, and we might spend more time talking about cleaning you know we might get cleaning, though. For
1: Dr. Greg, yes. <laughs> he, he he's now he now has his daughter. It's not so he he law. You know, did you know
0: that? No, I I knew he was now an adjunct professor at Sydney University, which is my old alma mater. So
1: um but, yeah, but he, I, he got his daughter he said.
0: Yes, I think he did. I'm losing there, you here a bit for some stuff. reason. The, the communic- I'm getting every second word of yours all of a sudden here, Dave.
1: Oh, well, hey, you know, it's technology. We've been, we've been doing good. we got a poor connection all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. So, um, but no, I'd be happy I mean, to do that any time with... No, other than, again, my gratitude for you putting the service on, Dave. I, I listen to what you have here regularly um, and the people that you have here have been great. I'm very honoured to be part of it uh, on this session. Um, and uh, as I say, I regard you and, and Daryl as being two of the people that since I was a latecomer to this industry um, that I've uh, really relied on and just, what you're doing here is a great service. So thank you. And anytime, it's always a pleasure.
1: So before you go, we got two questions we ask everybody. Yep. Where were you born?
0: Sydney, or Blaney, Australia. Blaney is a country town about 200 and miles west of
1: Sydney. What, what is on your personal bucket list this year?
0: Oh, getting up to hold my first-born grandson.
1: Yeah, and, and you know we we lost connection with him about the time his son answered that question. No, right? no,
0: Dave, I'll answer it again. Uh, I looking. There you forward are. To Going. Go yep, ahead. I'm looking forward to getting up and uh, holding my firstborn grandchild.